Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 215. I am one of your hosts, Brian Prilliman. I am joined this evening by Jess Dunks. Hi, this is Jess. And Brogan King. Greetings. Hello. So we have a wonderful, wonderful show for you tonight, or this evening, or this afternoon, or this morning, or whenever you're listening to this. Um, we are revisiting uh, combat. It's been five years since we last covered combat. But uh, uh, I will say that since the first rule of Combat Club is not to talk about Combat Club, uh, I'm afraid we're going to have to end this episode. So, Jess, do you want to... All right. Well, thanks for that episode. So uh, I'd just like to thank everybody for being on this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like that there was like a distinct pause there of, so are we are so, we doing this? Are, are we getting to this meme? This? <laughs> um, so note, combat club, distinct from fight club within the rules of magic. Yes. Fight, <laughs> fight, fight club is actually a, uh, 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 an ability or, or an ability. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a special it's a special meaning in the glossary uh with rules meaning but we're actually talking about combat which uh makes up there is the combat phase within the turn so uh, a lot of people when they're remembering and starting out playing they remember you know untap upkeep draw then we have our pre-combat main phase and then we have something in the middle and then we have a post-combat main phase um and then we have you know end of turn and cleanup so that thing in between the pre-combat main phase and the post-combat main phase is ironically named <laughs> the combat phase. That's uh, that's as ironic as an Alanis Morissette song, friend. <laughs> Don't you think? Um, so, <laughs> all right, moving like on. Thirty years ago, anyway. We're anyway. passing. We're passing priority out yes. of our, our pre-combat our main, main phase. Our Alanis Morissette phase. Yes, and <laughs> it's not a phase, mom. It's not a phase. So we're passing. So we enter the combat phase um, when we leave the uh, pre-combat main phase. And typically, the way we leave that main phase is we say something along the lines of combat or attacks or I'd like to move to combat. Or you just grab dudes, turn them sideways and push them forward and say battle. Battle step. Like to move to the battle step, please. And so what happens there is... At that particular point in time, we are now in the beginning. So the combat phase is made up of five distinct steps. So we got we got a uh, uh, beginning of combat, declare attackers, declare blockers, damage, and then end of end of end of combat. So what is what is the beginning of combat step? Well, it's when the active player becomes the attacking player. For purposes of things that say attacking player or what have you, a, a same in the same way, the opponent becomes the defending player. Okay, so in in the in the the hard rules of magic, <laughs> uh, normally when we when we just play two people, um, uh, I become the attacking player, and you, uh, my opponent in this one v one game, become the defending player. However. In a multiplayer game, the default rules are one of my opponents becomes the defending player. That's the person I can attack. But there's an optional rule that everybody becomes a defending player and I can attack anybody, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard because in actual multiplayer, you kind of tend to like attack everybody. 
right? I mean, I understand it's probably there for like some sort of like limited range of influence, something or other, but just in reality, it's it's a big giant free for all. So it is is yeah. technically a variant that is really just how most people interact with the game. Yeah. Yeah. So so active player becomes attacking player, opponent becomes defending player. That is a turn-based action. Uh, Jess, you so- you are somebody who is able to break the game. You sounded like you had a, a reason for that to be a thing. Oh, no, I was I was just uh, going to clarify that, that I believe when one player becomes the defending player, you, you choose which one is the defending yes. player. Is that right? So, so basically, instead of being able to attack everyone all at once, I can attack anyone but only one player. Right. So that's, that's the default rule. And, and I wanted to say that while I appreciate that you guys are like, Oh, this is the only way I've played multiplayer. That's the, 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 like, you can only attack one player was how we did it back when I was playing like multiplayer standard casual variants at a coffee shop or whatever. <laughs> um, at was, the pizza place on a Thursday night. Uh, th- yes. Well, never. Oh, no, actually, yes. The pizza place. <laughs> so beginning of combat. Is is really one one of the 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 key focuses of beginning a combat? Or one of the key points is now the active player, since they can only cast sorceries and creatures and play lands and stuff like that in their main phase, they can't in the beginning of combat. So we're we're geared up to attack, and suddenly the the active player has uh, the ability to cast and do less things, um, but. You know, triggers still trigger when we go into the beginning of combat. And, you know, players get priority. The active player is going to get priority. So there's a, a card like uh, Arc Light Phoenix, which has a trigger that says, at the beginning of combat on your turn, uh, if you've cast three or more instants and sorcery spells this turn, return Arc Light Phoenix from your graveyard to the battlefield. So that trigger would be put on the stack at this point in time in the turn if you had cast the uh, the three instants and sorceries prior. I think it's also relevant that when we go into beginning of combat, those triggers, once we are there, those triggers will go on the stack before anyone has priority. The, f- the final thing is, if I cast two sorceries and I go combat and my opponent then says, okay, uh, you know, terror one of your creatures, murder one of your creatures. Okay, they're doing that in the, in the beginning of combat. So you only cast two spells and then you right. want to counter... Their murder, okay. You just yeah, you just cast a third spell, but we've already moved past the beginning of combat, mm-hmm. yeah. so you you would not get that trigger. Yeah, there's there is one exception to that, uh, and that is, uh, and we actually talked about this in the last episode, the mm-hmm. shortcut right for mm-hmm. um, for the beginning of combat step says that if I was interacting with, if I was trying to stop a beginning of combat trigger from happening. That like we're clearly before any beginning of combat triggers, right? So yep. like, so like if I have an Arclight Phoenix and say, uh, what's that new goblin that makes more goblins? The 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 not goblin rabble master. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't remember its name, but I know what you're talking about. So let's say I have, we'll just say it's goblin rabble master, uh, and you try to terror or doom blade or whatever the kids are calling it nowadays. <laughs> uh, your uh, my my goblin rabble master. Well, you're probably you're most obviously, most likely, I should say, uh, going to be trying to stop me from getting a goblin during the beginning of a combat step. So like, right? 
that's just where we're at. I'm not going to be like, no, 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 you didn't specify. So, uh, so now we're in the beginning of the combat right. there and I get a goblin. Yep. And so in that particular case, if I do try or if Jess or whoever tries to Doomblade murder the goblin and I cast a counterspell in response to that and then there was, you know, the counterspell resolves and then we move into combat. Well, I then did just cast three sorceries in instance. Uh, before the beginning combat step, and I get my arc like Phoenix back, and my opponent is probably going to go, don't, should have let him have the goblin token. Yes, most likely. So They're going to go full Homer Simpson. They are going to go, yes. No! Exactly. Uh, so, now both players have priority, uh, or, ha- or rather the active player has priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they pass priority, and then the non-active player passes priority, where do we go then? It's time to declare attacks. Oh, yeah. Um, as as you may or may not have guessed, there there is a turn back based action that says active player declares attacker attackers. What a what an exciting place to be able to declare your attackers. Um, there are a few parts of well of declaring attackers. Um, you choose which creatures will attack. Um, in order to attack, creatures uh, must be untapped. And have haste or been under your control since the start of the turn. So they're not summoning sick, basically. Um, at this point, you also choose if they attack the, uh, the opponent directly or if they attack a planeswalker that the defending player controls. And then you check to see if there are any restrictions um, to how you can attack, such as uh, Luminous Bond says enchanted creatures can't attack or block. Um, bonded Horncrest says Bonded Horncrest can't attack or block alone. Those are restrictions. It tells you if you that you can't do something uh and then from there you check for requirements saying that you must attack Mm -hmm. um and things start to get a little bit weird um Mm -hmm. if you have both restrictions and uh requirements things something that says you can't can attack but other things that say you can't attack um in order for an attack to be be legal um, it must meet the most possible requirements without violating any restrictions. Yeah, right. So it, here, here for example, and, it, and it, it's not just a single attack; it's the whole collection of attacks. Mm-hmm. So if you've got, um, for example, uh, five cre- five creatures uh, that say, you know, this creature must attack each turn. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a, that's a requirement. But then you're uh, then there is a res- uh, something out there, a restriction that says no more than one creature can attack each turn. Um, well, let me set this up a little bit better. I, let's say I have I have uh, uh, two creatures that say must attack each turn and mm-hmm. one creature that doesn't have any any requirements at all. It's just a regular old bear cub. Then I have something else that says no more than two creatures can attack per turn. That's my res- uh, that's my restriction. The only a combat the only attack that satisfies the most requirements without violating any restrictions is if I attack with the two creatures that uh, must attack each turn. So that is your only legal legal that's, attack in in that scenario that I set up. That's my only legal attack. Right. Um, now there's an exception to this. Um, if the uh, restriction, if I have a creature that says. Um, this creature must attack, or sorry, if I have a requirement that says this a creature must attack each turn, mm-hmm. um, 
or sorry, that's not a restriction. That's a that's a requirement. If I have a requirement that says this creature has to attack every turn, and then there's another card that says a restriction that says uh, creatures um, creatures can't attack unless you they pay. You know, the the attacking player pays two or one for each enchantment or whatever. Uh, normally, you would say like, okay, well, I have to attack, and I can't attack unless I pay, so I have to pay. The game says no. You don't. You don't have to pay costs. If something, if something makes you pay costs in order to to satisfy a a, a requirement uh, or, or to satisfy a restriction or to satisfy a restriction, uh, you don't have to pay. You can you cannot have to do that restriction. Um. Yeah. The game cannot force you to pay to attack. Yep. Now, uh, there there is uh, uh, there is something that's kind of weird. Um, this, so we, I, this whole thing is kind of weird, to yeah, be honest. Right. So if I have if I have a bonded horn crest, our example from uh, from Ixalan that says bonded horn crest can't attack or block alone. Okay. So I have a uh-huh. bonded horn crest and a what's that? What's that five five dinosaur that's in every set? Dread Dreadmaw, colossal, colossal Dreadmaw, Dreadmaw? Colossal, Dreadmaw. colossal Dreadmaw. So I have yeah. So I have a bonded horn crest and a colossal Dreadmaw, and for some reason my bonded horn crest is enchanted with something that says it has to attack every turn. And because its bond is very, very strong, it can't attack or block her alone. So it's going to take by the the only attacks that I have that satisfies um, uh, the most requirements without violating any restrictions is my Colossal Dreadmaw has to attack with my bonded Horncrest. So this, this rule creates so a little bad. weirdness. <laughs> it can force my Dreadmaw to attack. Because, you know, I, I can't attack, I I can't attack alone with the creature. That's a that's a, a restriction. I have a requirement that says it must attack. Well, there is a legal combination of attacks that result in the most requirements being satisfied with the least with, with zero restrictions. Womp womp. After we determine if the attacks are legal, then what, what do we do? So from here, angrily, we uh we <laughs> We tap the creatures that attacked. Um, that's not a cost or anything. Just that's part of attacking. When you attack, you tap your creatures. Unless they have vigilance. Um, then you can uh, choose any costs uh, that say, like, as whatever attacks, like, exert. Um, and from here, your, your attackers are locked in. You have chosen your attackers. If something would, if costs of of those abilities like exert would change at this point for any reason, they wouldn't. I don't have any examples for that. Do either of you have anything in mind of the cost changing for something right now? It's not very common. It's pretty corner, Casey. Okay, that's that's what I figured. Um, sort of like the the steps of casting the spell. Like once you determine, once you kind of lock in the costs, your costs aren't going to change. Your costs aren't going to, yeah. Um, and at this point, because you've chosen those costs and they are locked in, if they require to pay you to pay mana, you can activate mana abilities and then you can pay your costs in any order you so choose. Um, and now your creature has become an attacking creature or creatures. <laughs> um, well, your one creature didn't turn into multiple creatures, but if you chose more than one, they are all attacking creatures. Um, and anything that would trigger when when a creature attacks would trigger now. Yeah, one of the cool things is looking at this is 
it really mirrors the steps to casting a spell in a lot of ways. It really does. I was, as I was like, I didn't think about it as I was reading through it, but as I was saying it, it was like, Oh, this is, this is like this for a reason, huh? Yeah. So, so all of those, all of those, all of those steps, when you just, you know, smash your hand down on a, on a, on a creature and rotate it, push it forward and rotate it <laughs> 80, 80 degrees. Because we never really tap a whole ninety. But yeah, they're all they're all little little jaunty, <laughs> right? <laughs> little jaunty. Yeah. Right. You're right. You just went through all of these steps. Cool. I tap ninety degrees. Jaunty Lord of Luxury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does does are you gonna get an altar with him with a little beret? I would love that. Uh, but no, I'll just instead I'll just turn turn it sideways, ish. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so the, all of those pieces go into mashing your creatures sideways. Now that we've done that, like the, that that's uh, when triggered abilities go on the stack, right? And uh, so if you have something that says, you know, whenever, uh, whenever this creature attacks an opponent or something along those lines, uh, do something, then... Uh, that's this is where that will happen, and then once that triggers on the stack, uh, players receive priority. Yeah, again, like we said at the the beginning of combat, once the thing has been declared as an attacker, you do, again do not get a chance to respond before that is on the stack. No one gets priority in between. Right. Uh, but once you do get priority, assuming that we there's nothing on the stack, and we. Uh, in both players past priority uh, where do we end up next it's time to block it's time to block so we've got the declare blockers step uh, so yeah the first thing that happens is you uh, declare blockers in that step nobody gets priority beforehand you don't get to uh, uh, do anything uh, and this is a common misconception with players they think they get to do stuff and then block uh, it's, not, it's not how it works so the first thing you do, you choose which creatures are going to block, and you choose which creatures they are going to be blocking, uh, and then you look to see if there are any restrictions uh, and requirements, just like with attacking, um, that require or prevent you from blocking in a certain way. Uh, and then you see if it's legal. In order to be a legal block, you have to satisfy the greatest number of requirements well, with, without violating any restrictions. Assuming, again, that there aren't any costs, just like with attacking. This sounds I familiar. Feel, I feel, Brogan, like you really did all the work here. Like, <laughs> I'm, going through, I'm, I'm going through all these steps, but you've already clearly described, you know, what's going on. Yeah, but it's the same, but with blocking. It's different, <laughs> Jess. It's different. Well, there is, there is a difference in blocking. You, you get the, uh, you get the, uh, you get the to scene assign- from... Yeah, Damage. from a Bruce Lee movie. You get that you get to act out a, a little Bruce Lee movie scene. What? What? Uh oh. So in Bruce Lee <laughs> movies, Bruce Bruce Lee, uh like a bunch of bad guys would come up on Bruce Lee and he would never fight them all at once. They'd kinda get in a line. Oh, they they'd they'd line up. They'd line up and he'd he'd just punch his way through all of them. <laughs> well, in this in this case, I guess you're like sort of shoving one out of the way and choosing how what order you want to punch them in. <laughs> yes. 
So so what's what's uh what's different now? We've we've been kind of following the same thing with declare attackers, but once we have declare blockers, we've got something a little bit different at this point. You as the attacker get to uh, assign the uh damage to the blocking creatures. Well, uh, well there's not yet well, the damage. Not, Sorry, the you don't assign the damage yet. Ignore me. You choose the order in which you are going to assign that damage. Um, so if if I have something really huge and Jess really needs it to die and wants to block with four creatures, I get to choose the order in which they are they are blocking it. Right. Yeah, you get to 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 choose. Uh, so you're attacking here with this big creature, and you're choosing the order that that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the blocks are happening. So it's to be clear about that, it's not the blocking player who chooses the order. It's it's the attacking player, which is really weird. Um, it, it seems it seems bad and wrong. Right. Um, what you're doing is you're you're not you're not assigning how they're blocking so much as you're assigning what order your attacking creature is going to deal damage to the blocking creatures. So you no, know, if you if I, if I attack with uh, my colossal dreadmaw, uh, and its friend Wojek bodyguard. Uh, <laughs> then you block my dreadmaw with, you know, three, three, three creatures. I get to decide which one's going to take damage first. Now, it's important, as you already mentioned, to notice that this is not actually assigning damage. After I've done that. Uh, players are going to get priority, which means that we can start casting spells and we can do things like change a creature's power and toughness, and I won't be able to change that order again. Um, it's right. locked in, so to speak. Yeah, it, right. the, and the and the whole purpose is so that you kind of know what creature is going to die, so that you yeah. can cast your pump spells. So if if you block, you can say, okay, that. The first creature in the damage assignment order is probably going to be the is probably going to die. The second one is probably going to die. The third one is gonna is gonna live, you know, just because damage can't go through. So I now know if I have a buff spell, which one to save or which one I need to save. Which right. and that's the point at which it feels less bad and wrong for the right. defending player to not be able to choose because it gives you the wiggle room to know. It gives you the information to 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 play accordingly. Yeah. Now let's say uh, you've got some weird situation where you have a creature that can block more than one attacking creature. Um, when it's you do that, what's that? Go ahead. When you do that, uh, all of this that we just talked about with assigning the damage order works in reverse because you're blocking more than one creature. You have to to assign a damage order to those attacking creatures. Uh, and it works exactly the same way. Um, but you decide that after the attacking player does so for their for their blocking creatures. So if Jess has a monstrous hundred-handed one, which is the only <laughs> creature I can think of that can block multiple creatures. I mean, we could go way back. Was it Anurid Swamp Snatcher could block an additional creature? Oh, hey, that's a yeah. more relevant one. <laughs> Did you say Swamp Snatcher? I, is it not Swamp, swamp Snatcher? What is it? Well, I, I don't I don't know. I'm <laughs> there. There is no Swamp Creature with Swamp Snatcher. Is it All two right. words? Yeah. Well, no, no, it's uh, hold on a second. Hold on. <laughs> now I got to look it up. 
Uh, it's anyway. actually Swarm Snapper. I apologize. Swarm Snapper. Yeah, that's. It, I could I could see how that would lead to that. Uh, Anarid Swarm Snapper. It, it's a card from Judgment, and I and I have a special place in my heart for Judgment because it was the first. It was a set that existed when I started playing Magic. Um, so uh, Anarid Swarm Snapper uh, has an activated ability that lets it block an additional creature this turn, and its its art is just like this lazy looking frog. Literally impaling a bat with its pointed oh. tongue. Oh, this is- oh, I think I've seen that, yeah. But I do love the flavor text, which says that Anarids have the problem of airborne invaders licked. <laughs> oh. That's like a rosewater flavor text thing. That's so good. Um, But so if, if Jess has his definitely not a swamp snatcher, um, <laughs> then... He will choose how the order of my attackers after I choose the order of his blockers. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so conceptually, this this gets into the the Bruce Lee thing. You're 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 putting the creatures <laughs> in a line, and you're gonna punch through them one at a time. Yep. When we later, when we get to when we get to uh, uh, combat damage, this is just putting them all in a nice row. We're not. We're not doing the punching yet. We're just lining we're them just, all up. Yeah, we're just lining them up. Just stay right there. Stay right there, guys. We're, we'll we'll punch you in in just a second. Um, um, relative to this, um, if <clears throat> Jess has a blocking creature, that um, now that we have locked in that 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 damage assignment order of those blockers, um, if between now and combat damage. Uh, for whatever reason, one of the blockers is removed. If he'd blocked my creature with t- three creatures and I removed the one that I uh, placed second, the relative damage order is is still the same. So it's still going to deal damage to one first and then three first, three next. Yeah. You don't get to say like, oh, well, one of the creatures disappeared, so I get to reorder I get to, to reorder them. Right. Yep. Uh, yeah, so tr- so at this at this point... Uh, triggers that uh, trigger on blocking or being blocked will be put on the stack at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after we do block or so now there's some weird things about um uh so the triggers that that trigger off of blocking or being blocked come in a few different flavors. Uh, there's some triggers like that say chocolate. like I was about yeah. to say chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we're gonna discuss a Neapolitan flavor, a Neapolitan of triggers right here because there's three of them. Um, so whenever X is blocked, whenever, you know, this creature is blocked, uh, will trigger once, even if multiple creatures block it. Okay. Cause yep. it went from a, it cares about, it went from a state of being not blocked to a state of, blo- it became blocked. It is literally, literally the state of being blocked. It does yeah. not care about what blocked it. Yeah. It might be the template even might say whenever X becomes blocked. Uh, but there's also whenever X is blocked by a creature. Uh, or becomes blocked by a creature. Now that, if I attack and broken blocks with three creatures, I get three triggers there because it says whenever is blocked by a creature. And there are three creatures. And that happened three times. Also, if something says whenever X attacks and isn't blocked, um, that's uh, that will trigger uh, only if the creature wasn't blocked in the in during the state based action of declare blockers. If it's blocked and then the blocker is later removed, uh, you don't get that trigger. Because 
<clears throat> really, this is when we locked that in. And at this point, it was it was still blocked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, there are uh, there are a few cards that when you block, uh, they add a creature to the battlefield blocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a weird situation because if you'll remember, right before we put this trigger on the stack, you chose the order for blocked creatures. Uh, so what happens when we put a creature onto the battlefield blocking? Well, it wasn't declared as a blocker. It's true. That's true. It wasn't declared as a blocker. But what I'm referring to is what happens to that uh, that damage assignment order we dealt with earlier. Where, where does it go? Does so oh. it go at the beginning? Does it go at the end? Uh, and the answer is that um, you just co- sort of have to insert it, right? You just mm-hmm. you just say, okay, I've got this creature now, and you, you put it somewhere in the blocking order. Um, and uh, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, but the attacking player gets to decide where that is, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. The, the the person who decided beforehand now gets to go to, to basically slot that creature in somewhere into the blocking order. One other thing in, in Declare Blockers, if you're playing two-headed giant, you get to block as a team. And what I mean by that is um, when you're, when you're uh, attacking in two-headed giant, you send your attackers to a specific player, one of the opponents on the uh, opposing team. However, um, you, the team that's being attacked, or the, 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 the team that has the defending players on that team, you can put your creatures and have them block any of the attacking creatures, even if it's not attacking you specifically in a two-headed giant game. Okay, so after we have blockers, uh, blockers declared and triggers, uh, if there are any, go on the stack. Players at this point then have an opportunity to cast spells, to remove creatures, cast buffs, um, do things before we start uh, the combat damage step. Also affectionately referred to as when we cart the dead bodies off the battlefield. I'm not quite dead yet. Yes, I feel happy. (laughs) I'm only mostly dead. Well, that's partially alive. And so they get to stick around. Nice. Yeah. What's, uh, what's what's the combat damage step look like? Well, the active player in the combat damage step will announce how each attacking player is assigning combat damage. So this, you know how I said earlier, we we choose what order. This is when we choose how we actually assign that damage. Uh, same thing is just true for the defending player. They announce how each blocking creature will assign their combat damage. Um, and... Damage, the, both this selection of how that damage is dealt and the damage itself, this doesn't use the stack. You can't say damage on the stack, do X. I believe this was a thing many, many years ago, but it has been lost to time. Uh, yeah, somewhere around 2009-ish uh, that that went away. So it's yeah. been long enough now that we aren't really going to spend any time talking about it. Yep. Um, and as we determine how this damage is being dealt. Um, We look at the creature's power. Attacking and blocking creatures will each assign damage equal to their power. If a creature has zero power, it doesn't assign combat damage at all. Um, That's, I guess, really relevant for if you have something that says whenever this deals combat damage, do something. If it has zero power, it's not, that's not going to trigger. And, and and conversely, because we get asked this occasionally, if it has negative power, 
you don't gain life. <laughs> you don't do negative damage. Right, you don't do negative damage. Um, <laughs> I think that's mostly just wishful thinking, right? Someone's just hoping that they, you know, they they found something that kind of breaks the game. I, I, I'm still the the person who really wants blocking trample. So blample. Yes, I really just want an excuse to say blample. <laughs> uh, there is a there is a creature with blample. I know it's just not good. Oh, the uh, it's a it's a Naya creature from like shards. It's an old card that's not very good. I, is that is shards considered old now? Yes. Yes. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> that cuts to the quick. It is. It is definitely an old card. Um, <laughs> at any rate, um, at this point, unblocked creatures uh, will assign damage to the player that is being the defending player or the planeswalker if you are attacking the planeswalker uh, blocked creatures will assign their gamut combat damage to the creatures blocking it um, if at the point when the damage is dealt there are no creatures blocking it it will assign no damage um, right so if it if it was blocked but at the time there's no yep. all those blockers aren't there anymore that it just is not going to yeah. assign damage. Yeah. Unless it has trample. Um, if it is blocked by one creature, all of that damage is assigned to that creature. If there is more than one creature blocking it, you look at the order that you assign... You look at your damage assignment order, and you assign damage in that order. You have to assign lethal damage before moving on to the next creature. And lethal damage is enough damage to kill it. <laughs> Um, so so if one it's point of death touch, right? Right, exactly. I was going to say if it's oh. if I if it has five toughness, you have to deal five damage or one death touch. Um, and and if you previously hit it with a lightning bolt, uh, so it's got three damage marked on it, uh, only two has to be dealt to it. Mm-hmm. Basically, you have to kill the first thing before you can move on to the next thing. Well, you don't have to kill it, but you have to assign lethal damage to it. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that that's that's a that's a good distinction to make. So, like, if I'm attacking with a big green trample creature, like a 10-10, mm-hmm. okay, and for whatever reason, uh, you block with a 2-2 protection from green and, like, a, you know, a bunch of 3-3s three or something like that, and I put that protection from green creature first, mm-hmm. I, I assign 2 to it before I can move on to creature 2, creature 3, creature 4, but, but that it's not gonna damage... Die. Yeah, that damage is going to be translated to zero. So I I don't have to say, like, well, since I can't kill it, that's not lethal damage. It's toughness is two, I'm assigning two to it, move on. Right, just just because the creature is not going to die does not mean that's not lethal damage. You don't, you don't have to, I know it sounds so dumb, but you don't have to keep assigning damage to that one thing. Just because it's not going to die. Why won't you die? <laughs> right. Um, well, lethal damage is just kind of a shorthand for saying deal enough damage that would deal, deal an amount of damage that would kill it. Right. Yeah. right. If that damage were dealt. Right. Yep. Um, and the same is true for blocking creatures. Um, sort of like when we talked about uh, declare attackers, then declare blockers. It's the same same thing, just for blocking. Um, all combat damage is dealt simultaneously. So 
I, it's not like I have, my creatures are attacking, so they deal damage first or something like that. All, all of that combat damage is dealt simultaneously. Um, and this again does not use the stack. Um, at this point, state-based actions are check. It's likely that things are going to die. <laughs> um, and state-based actions are checked before anyone receives priority. And then those triggers are added. If there are anything things that trigger uh, after the damage is dealt or after um, something dies, those triggers are going to be placed on the stack again before anyone gets priority. Yep. All right. So uh, what about first strike, double strike, stuff like that? How does that factor in? Because well, we just ran through everything. We just ran through everything. And, you know, you said damage hap- damage is dealt simultaneously, but... But we know that to not be true. We know that to yeah. not be true. Like, first, first well, strike happens first, right? So, so it sort of does. Um, so basically what happens is if there's a creature with first strike, uh, we do all of the steps that, that Broken just described, but only creatures that have first strike or double strike will actually get to deal damage in that step. And then once that's happened, we have the step again. It's we do a little two step dance. A two step? <laughs> oh. I've never thought about it like that. That's cute. And uh <laughs> and so in the in the second step, <coughs> creatures that don't have first strike, or more accurately, really any creature that that, that, di- that didn't assign combat yeah. damage in the first strike step or have double strike. Right, yeah. Any creature that doesn't have double strike and didn't assign combat damage uh, in, in, sorry, the other way around. All creatures, basically, creatures with double strike and creatures that don't have first strike are going to are going <laughs> to deal damage here. Now, now, there's a really weird rules distinction that's only there for one reason and that's that's just so that you can't go, you can't Give something first strike after the first strike combat damage step to just prevent all its damage. That doesn't work. If something has first strike and is attacking or blocking and somehow didn't deal damage or try to deal yeah. damage in the in the first strike combat damage well, step, it, it still gets to deal damage here. I, I think I think it's specifically if I have a creature with first strike and then it deals first strike damage and then I find a way to remove it, its first strike ability. Yeah, it doesn't get to do first strike damage again, or it doesn't get to do damage during the non first strike combat damage step. Right. Well, all, that, there is that, and then there's also, let's say I have a creature that doesn't have first strike, and oh, and a, another creature that does, and we deal damage in the first combat damage step, and then after we deal damage in the first combat damage step, somebody gives my other creature first strike. Okay. Oh. And then and then when they get to the regular combat damage step, they go. Haha, it doesn't have it doesn't get to deal damage. Yes it does. Oh, uh, I that makes sense. I've I have never thought about why that distinction exists, but that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, so there's a way to get a creature there's a way to make your own double strike creature and there's a way to, you know, uh uh mess with a creature's ability to deal combat damage at all. So Uh no, yeah. there's not. That's the point. Yeah. Right. Um, right, you you can't you can't Voltron yourself into having a double strike creature. It doesn't work. <laughs> um, also, e- extremely slow zombie has last strike that deals damage after uh, the first strike and then after the normal right damage. Right, o- only supported in the unrules. I love extremely slow zombie. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. 
It is enjoyable. Um, th- and these are distinct combat damage steps? Yes. Sweet. Um, all right. We have, do we have anything else to say about actually dealing damage? Um, no. no, I think, I think uh, it, we, we, we know how it works. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. is, it is the greatness. Would you say that now it is the end of combat? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Good thing that's a step, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Now the, the end of combat step is pretty straightforward. Um, not a whole lot happens here. Uh, basically nothing happens here. Um, <laughs> Unless there's a trigger that says there's something that happens here. Yeah, this step exists mostly so that triggers can go on the stack to clean things up. So, like, Geist of St. Traft is a great example of this. Geist of St. Traft, whenever he attacks, uh, it puts a 4-4 angel creature token onto the battlefield tapped in attacking. And then at the end of combat, it will exile that angel. Now, the, the, the whole point of the end of combat step is cleaning stuff up like that. Um, now, that being said, players do get priority in this step, so you can still do things in this step while creatures are attacking and blocking, technically attacking and blocking. So you're saying this step exists for Maze of Ith? Uh, yes. Well, I mean, so you can you can maze during combat, right? Or during during the combat damage step, right? Yeah. So, like, you, you could do that. But this has some weird effects, like, with the Geist of St. Traft effect that uh, I mentioned just a moment ago, um, before that trigger resolves, you have two attacking creatures. And after that trigger resolves, you only have one attacking creature. And there are some spells that care about, like, the number of attacking creatures. Um, mm-hmm. So so you might want to wait for that trigger to resolve before you cast one of those spells. Yeah. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, Metzali Tower of Triumph. Uh you know, choose choose a creature at random that attack. Oh no, never mind. That just attack this turn. You can do that after. It's not attacking. Yes, they carefully yeah, worded that so as not to create this problem. Oh, okay. Um, yes. Yeah. This uh, is this the, after this step ends. That's when things stop being attacking and blocking. So this is sort of your window to yeah. to act with with creatures still being attacking or blocking. Now, Mazzoli's wording does actually create a different problem that we're going to talk about here in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, so at this point, though, it's it's things are still attacking and blocking until that step ends. Um, if you somehow have a continuous effect that lasts until end of combat, uh, it, it will it will stop at the end of this step. Yep, and this is this specifically. It's it's a turn based action again that says creatures are still uh, creatures stop being attacking and blocking creatures. This is one of the few turn based actions that trigger on the or not trigger uh, that that fire at the end of a step or phase instead of at the beginning. All the other ones are at the beginning. This one's this one's at the end. All right, so that that runs us through all the all the steps. Now there's a few other. You know, we went through kind of um, the simple approach. You know, I tap a creature, turn it sideways. You put a creature in front of it to block. We take the you know we we figure out who's dead and and who takes damage. Um, you know, if a player takes damage, but there's some other idiosyncrasies or like weird little things that can happen. Uh, in combat. So 
we, we're going to talk about some of those weird things now. So all of you people that were listening and uh, earlier and saying like, well, hey, you didn't you didn't cover what happens when a creature attacks and it puts other attacking creatures onto the battlefield. This part's for you. I'm sure there are going to be some things that somebody says, well, you didn't talk about this thing that happens in combat. And uh, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, but but we don't want this to be a two-hour podcast. Um, right. And, Je- and our editor, Jess, doesn't want it to be a two-hour podcast either. <laughs> I will not allow it to be a two If we talked about all of that stuff, it would not make it into the episode. Yes. Jess is yes. going to riot. Let's let's discuss all the different types of attack triggers. No. Um, so one uh, some creatures have an ability, like if you've played MTG Arena, uh, you are familiar with a deck uh, with a creature called Leonin War Leader. Um, it, it has a uh, ability that says whenever Leonin War Leader attacks, create two two white cat creature uh, tokens with lifelink that are tapped and attacking. Okay, so these creatures didn't actually attack, but they're attacking, and you go what? So a creature attacked. If it was declared as an attacker during the declare attackers step, the state based action of declaring attackers, this right here is something that triggered afterwards that put them into play tapped and attacking. So any effect, any spell or effect that cares whether or not a creature attacked this turn is not going to see our our white cat creature tokens, but we'll see the Leonin War Leader. Yep. Okay. And an example of that is our Medzali Tower of Triumph. It as, has an ability. As we talked about before, but not yes. quite. Yeah. It has an ability for two white tap. Choose a creature at random that attacked this turn. Destroy that creature. So, um, Brogan has a Leonin War Leader. She taps it uh, to attack. It's it's attacking. It's got a trigger it makes two white uh, cat creature tokens. So three things are coming at my face. Ouch. And I'm going to I'm going to take six damage. Uh, however, I have this Mitsali Tower of Triumph. Um, I spend the mana. I activate it. It says, choose a creature at random that attacked this turn. Well, those two cat tokens, while they're attacking me, while they're heading for my face, they didn't actually attack. They weren't declared as attackers. So Metzali isn't going to see them. So my creature chosen at random, there's only one to choose from, which is Leon and Warleader. That seems good for Metzali Tower of Triumph. Seems pretty, uh, seems bad for, for you and your Warleader. Yeah. <clears throat> so some other, some other things about uh, putting into creature creatures onto the battlefield attacking. If Brogan again attacks me with the, with the Warleader, um, and I happen to have a planeswalker. So she sent the war leader at my planeswalker. Those white cat creature tokens that come into the battlefield, she can choose whether or not they're going to attack me or my planeswalker. Or in a multiplayer game, someone else entirely. That um, was a that was a big deal when I first started judging with um Burmaz. So The King of Oreos? The King of Oreos, which are vegan for some reason. Um, Oreos are vegan? Oreos mm-hmm. are vegan. Uh, however, often the like Walmart knockoff brands are not. Which means Jess can't eat them. Yep. 
that makes, that makes the difference of whether or not I can eat them because I don't eat dairy. Uh, anyway, sorry for the tangent, but yeah, um, that was a question that came up relatively frequently, um, both because it, um, because people didn't know if they could, if I attack you, can my token attack your Jace? Yeah. Uh, what, one other thing. So it's, it's difficult, but possible to get these, you know, create tokens tapped and attacking on when you're not the active player. Like there's there's some there's some convoluted hoops you got to jump through, but but you can get it. There are ways it can happen. In that particular case, if you are the non-active player, if you are not the you know not the attacking player, you'll get the tokens, but they won't be uh uh, and they'll be tapped, but they won't be attacking. I mean, it's not that convoluted. You you just use gather specimens to to take the Brimaz token or whatever. Gather specimens can't be the yeah. solution for everything, <laughs> but yeah. So that's, that's really it's, – it's a little convoluted in the sense that it's like if you're going to spend six mana on something, don't you want something a little bit better than uh, wow. white cat tokens? <laughs> um, so um, if a creature is put onto the battlefield uh, attacking, where we spent all that time talking about the uh, uh, honoring restrictions and requirements, you don't got to pay none of that attention. Because you okay. are not declaring it as an attacker or blocker. Right. Um, one of the other things is if you have for some reason exalted, like if our Leon and War Leader uh, has exalted, uh, which is, um, you know, whenever this creature attacks alone, it's still attacked alone. When attackers were declared, it was the only one. So it's going to get the exalted bump, even though it brought two cat buddies with it, which is pretty neat. That is pretty cool. The exalted right. bump. The exalted, the exalted bump. bump. <laughs> it's right. Um, let's see here. I'm just imagining, uh, like, if, that I'm going to use that every time I like go over a speed bump. That's just a little too big. That's that's <laughs> the exalted bump, right exactly. there. That was a sure was an exalted bump. But you can only you only get the exalted speed bump if you were in the car by yourself. If you've got a passenger, <laughs> you don't get it. Well, yeah, because if your passenger, if you have a passenger, your car is too heavy. Right, you might bottom out. All right. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, so if a spell or ability uh, causes a creature on the battlefield to block an attacking creature, um, so this is this is another going back when we were talking about the the damage assignment order. So you've already figured out your damage assignment order. You know, you you attack with a creature, uh, the your opponent blocks with uh, two or three creatures, and then some other spell or ability causes a creature to block that attacking creature after you've already figured out a uh, damage assignment order, you, the attacking player, get to put its spot in the attacking uh, uh, in the in the attacking creature's damage assignment order. So you so you still have to keep all the other relative orders the same, but you can slide it in spot two and kind of push number two down to number three. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 about the it's about the relative order, not the the number order really. You can just slot it in. Yeah, uh, and and I guess the same same thing. Like uh, if uh, if a where this is if a spell or ability causes a creature to block, there's also um, spells that let you put a creature onto the battlefield blocking. Okay, and if so, um, the the attacking player gets to assign its spot in the uh, in the damage assignment order. Either now, just like with attacking, this creature was put onto the battlefield blocking 
but it was never declared a blocker. So if anything cares about, you know, creatures that blocked, it's not going to see this. There's not there's not many cards that do that. There's like one card that puts like a sapperling in play blocking a creature. Uh, maybe like a few other cards. Not many. Brimaz the king of Oreos. Yeah, Brimaz the the king of vegan king of cookies. Non dairy, non Walmart brand. <laughs> Bad uh, value, but the, vegan. The... <laughs> What'd you say, Jess? Bad. It's just the Walmart brand is great value, right? So the bad value, but vegan. Bad value, but also vegan. Um, other weird bits about that could potentially come up about combat. Um, if a creature changes controllers or leaves the battlefield or for whatever reason phases out, it stops being an attacking or blocking creature. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. It would be weird for this creature that I just took from Jess to still be an attacking creature, I'm hitting myself with my own hands. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And this this last bullet point here, that's this is your favorite, isn't it, Jess? Uh, I like this one because there was an old moto bug. I don't know if it still works. There was an old moto bug with this. Um, if a planeswalker being attacked... Uh, oh, this one. I'm sorry. This is a different one. But also one of my favorites. And not because of a moto bug. <laughs> Uh, sorry. The, uh, so if a planeswalker... Tell us about both. Now you've teased it. Yeah, yeah okay. we gotta know. So if a planeswalker being attacked stops being a planeswalker or changes controllers or leaves the battlefield, uh, it stops being attacked. Um, so, uh, so actually, th- there's a weird convoluted rules loophole with this where you can make a planeswalker into also a creature and block with it and then regenerate it. And it stops being attacked and also is no longer being attacked because it was removed from combat, right? Um, oh, so awful. It's really bad, yeah. Uh, but but really hard to pull off and I've never seen it in real life. But also... Uh, I've there was never a, seen it in real life. There's a there's a moto bug uh, that I experienced a long time ago that was super disappointing where, um, where a, I attacked a planeswalker and then before combat damage gained control of that planeswalker... And then I killed that planeswalker with my attacking creatures, and I was very sad. Oh no! Uh, that sucks. Yeah, I attacked with a Sun Titan, which brought an Oblivion Ring back from the graveyard, which took a Volition Reigns, which had enchanted my Gideon. Oh, and like wow. that was like the 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 plan, right? It was like, okay, this yeah. is how we get back in this game. And then this is, this my is son, the then my Sun Titan smashed my Gideon, and I was really sad. Oh no. <laughs> Oh <laughs> wow, that is unfortunate. Uh, uh, that's that's not how that should work. No, yeah, that's not how that should work. Uh, <laughs> if if a planeswalker changes control, it's no longer being attacked. Uh, yeah, that's, but those creatures are still attacking. Yes, yeah, so those creatures are still attacking. If it should matter, uh, but they, well, yeah. they won't deal any combat damage to the planeswalker because the planeswalker has been removed from combat. Cool. Uh, any any other tips, tricks, or comments about combat? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I ain't got nothing. Well, I don't. I don't either. So. Um... I want to remind all of our listeners that uh, you can find our show uh, wherever you get your podcasts, including now Spotify podcasts. 
Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening Ooh. to this episode number 215 and thank both of my hosts for being on the show uh, and let you know that you should uh, send us an email judgecast at gmail.com if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to talk about or anything you think we missed. Uh, you can also tweet us uh, at judgecast. You can send us uh, uh, a message or a post on Facebook, facebook.com slash judgecast. And of course, you can find our entire archive on judgecast.com, including a learn to judge section where this episode will be, and it may be where you found it. Um, if you're not already subscribed, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All that being said, I'd just like to say that I'm Jess Dunks and I keep it fair. I'm Brogan King and I keep it fun. And I'm Brian Perlman, and while you think I might be attacking, I never actually attacked, and you can't prove otherwise. But you were askew. I 80%. I, I mean, I just came into came onto the battlefield that way. We have no idea what my normal state is. Word. <laughs> Can we just have the, like, unskew step? <laughs> yes. Unskew, you have upkeep, to, you have draw? To, you have to re-skew it. Re-skew right? it? Yeah. No, that... That that's the opposite. That's when you attack. You rescue it. Rescue no. Rangers. Yes. Chippendale. It's that's the Q mechanic, right? I'm the uh, <laughs> the untap the unskew symbol. Right, the unskew symbol. Yeah, obviously. Clearly.